0: Hello, I'm Glynis Crook welcome to being green one of Africa's main concerns at this year's edition of the United Nations climate change conference or COP 27 which gets underway on Sunday is money funding for both mitigation and adaptation financing the continent is responsible for less than 4% of global gas emissions but African countries are the most vulnerable to climate changes and often the least equipped to respond to them well, Olivia Rumble is a director of Climate Legal, specialising notably in environmental law, climate change, climate finance and development. Olivia, thank you for joining me on the programme. Could you begin by reminding us briefly why Africa is particularly vulnerable?
1: Uh, thanks and, and hello to your listeners. Uh, the continent is particularly vulnerable, not just from a geophysical perspective and you know, anticipated to warm Slightly more than other continents may, but also because we lack the social capacity and financial capacity to respond. So it means that we are have less resilience, uh, for want of a better word, to, to respond to the anticipated impacts that other countries might.
0: One of the key issues that African negotiators are going into in this COP uh, edition is the issue of adaptation financing. It's already been labelled as highly insufficient.
1: It has, um, and and you will see, you know, some very very large numbers put out there. And um, we have some excellent researchers in South Africa who have been trying to estimate what the African finance needs might be. And um, globally, we know that it's going to reach about two hundred thirty billion by twenty thirty, and that at present, developed countries have only committed to providing $100 billion per year, and parties at COP27 are planning to renegotiate that target, and that's why it's such an important COP, and why last year it also had such a focus on this issue. So the hope is that by 2025, um, we'll have a new target agreed to, so much more than $100 billion. And mm. the question is, is, well, how much of that goes towards adaptation finance? Mm. You might be aware that historically, the money has... Typically, tended to flow towards mitigation projects. They tend to offer a much better return on capital and and can be a lot less risky and and it's easier to prove a business case for them, Uh, whereas adaptation projects are much harder to finance, uh, not just from the public sector but but more notably in the private sector. Um, And that's why last year parties agreed that they would try and double the amount of adaptation finance that they would provide but in quantitative terms, given the fact that I think it's about twenty eight percent now is only provided in adaptation finance, that would only really get us to about forty billion by by when is it? I think it's by twenty twenty five. So sorry to throw out all the different numbers, but when you're looking at forty billion compared to two hundred and thirty, you can appreciate there's quite a wide financial gap in in needs versus uh what is being Provision. provided.
0: There's yeah. also a concern that it'd be more in the form of a grant rather than a loan which would just increase debt burdens.
1: Ah, you've hit, it, hit the nail on the head. That's exactly the concern. And I mean, this is a concern for both types of finance. And um, you would have seen, for example, that $8 billion just transition uh, finance that's been provided for ESCOM um, is mostly in the form of loans, the majority of it. And there's an equal concern that this is going to take place for adaptation as well um, and it's much more challenging in an adaptation context because and um, those types of projects struggle to make the same type of profit that a typical mitigation project would and um, so to pay off the interest on a loan becomes slightly more challenging and even then we're talking about African countries that are really heavily 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 indebted many of them are going through debt distress because of the pandemic and uh, they're just not in a position to take on more debt, however concessional it might be. So one of the arguments at this year's COP is that we need to have much more grant-based adaptation finance.
0: So negotiators are going into COP27 asking for a very clear roadmap for implementation of these pledges. What will happen for ordinary Africans on the ground in the years to come if this isn't achieved? I
1: think it's it's a Pertinent and, a, and a, quite a hard question to answer. Um, I think we're ultimately just looking at that debt, well, that financial burden shifting to national governments who are already paying quite a, a hefty portion from their national GDPs towards adaptation. And, and so, absent any or insufficient finance from developed countries, uh, we're going to see governments having to make difficult choices um, between. Uh, Channeling money towards healthcare or education and towards adaptation. Um, and from those on the ground, it also means, obviously, less adaptation projects and, and higher levels of vulnerability towards the impact of climate change, which can exacerbate existing income inequalities, uh, level of access to, to even basic services such as water can be further jeopardized. So it, it puts all the other sort of SDG goals and... At risk. Uh, ..and... and goals that we'd want to achieve at risk as
0: well as you said a very very complex topic and not one that is easy to fit into a short interview thanks so much to olivia rumble who's director of climate legal specializing notably in environmental law climate change climate finance and development and that's it for this week till next time from eglins crook take care and goodbye being green was brought to you by galinda moser of remax living ask not what your community can do for you ask what you can do for your community